Hey everyone, welcome to the Dishes and Doctrine audio blog. I'm Rachel, your host, and I love to help you find the place in your life where motherhood and theology collide. And today we're going to switch it up a little bit and talk about politics. Now, I don't consider myself incredibly politically active. Um, I was a part of the Young Patriots Club of America in high school, and that was mainly so I could take a field trip to the Capitol in Tallahassee each spring. I've voted in elections in Florida and Virginia and now Pennsylvania, where we've lived for the last few years. I pray, though not as consistently as I ought, for our country's leaders and for God's protection and grace for this country that I love. But that's about the extent of my involvement in civics. I've never found myself in a heated argument over candidates or policy, and I don't usually lose much sleep over those who are in leadership. That has really changed in 2016, though. I've stayed up late glued to those ridiculously heated debates, and I keep refreshing the election results page on my CNN app. And suddenly, I have become very interested in this ongoing drama called an election. With this added interest, though, also comes added worry. Our country seems to be in a state of disarray. Are we losing our God-centered heritage? Are we as Christians losing our freedoms? Should we all just move to Canada? In spite of my concerns, though, I keep returning to three main thoughts that keep bringing me comfort in the middle of all of this political chaos. Number one, as the church, we are exiles. Now, an exile is a person who has been removed from their homeland. They've been transplanted to a new land or country, and that's either by an authoritative decree by someone or also a voluntary move. An exile is a refugee with no place to call home. He's different from the culture in which he finds himself. Now, until we find ourselves at home in the presence of Jesus, we're refugees in this world. We will never feel completely at home here. A few days ago, I turned on the morning news to find coverage of a controversial teaching from a well-known Christian speaker. He was promoting ideas which required women to submit to their husbands. Can you imagine that? (laughs) The news reporters were incredulous. Who could actually follow this crazy logic? At first, as I was was watching, I started to get defensive. It frustrated me that they were being so liberal-minded. They were twisting scripture for their own purposes. And then suddenly it hit me that this reaction from the media really shouldn't be a surprise to me. Of course, they don't understand. The things of Christ are insanity to them. Scripture says, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. That's found in 1 Corinthians 2.14. So because we are exiles, it's natural to feel uncomfortable with the decisions made by our government or uneasy at the direction of our country. We'll be disappointed at the outpouring of support for ungodly leaders. But we must remember that this is not our home, and we shouldn't fit in with culture that surrounds us. 
The number two thing I thought of was that as the church, we should support a savior, not a candidate. It always kind of makes me chuckle when I see a bumper sticker still proudly supporting a candidate that lost the race long, long ago. The owner of that car was so sure of their future president that they wanted to declare their support permanently. Even in defeat, they can't deny that they backed that individual. Now, I have no issue with supporting the campaign of a particular candidate, especially if he or she plans to use the presidential influence to enforce religious liberties and defend our land. But many Christians are known more for their favorite office seeker than for their relationship with Christ. As believers, our king is eternal. His term is not limited to four or eight years. He's already run the race and already defeated the evil opponent. May our energy be spent promoting the good news of our rescue from our own destruction. May we spend our time proclaiming his beauty and wisdom. And number three, as the church, our hope rests in our eternal citizenship. With the impending outcome of the national conventions, many conservative Christians are alarmed. A quick scroll through my social media feed shows fear and discouragement and anger. We can't seem to wrap our minds around the possibility of an anti-Christian nation. I wonder, however, if this upheaval is actually a good thing for the body of Christ. Could it be that in the loss of some of our political freedoms, we will cherish even more our freedom in Christ? Could the discomfort of our exile drive us to find our comfort in our Savior? Could the dismal outlook for our nation cause us to cling to the true hope that we have in our eternal destiny? Peter wrote similar encouragement to the believers undergoing persecution for their new faith. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Friends, the best is yet to come for the church. Though persecution and hardness may soon come from our government, our hope is still full and still alive in the finished work of Jesus. May the outcome of this year's election purify Christ's bride that we may be ready for the revelation of our eternal inheritance. I hope that today's podcast gave you some encouragement and hope in the middle of this crazy election season. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes. That way you can get any new episodes right to your device immediately as soon as they come out. We'll talk to you soon.